Victoria. From the London Underground to the Taipei Metro, the people of our world are going places. Are you listening? Tune in to the sounds of your world on Radio Taiwan International. Hello there. Thanks for joining us on Radio Taiwan International. I'm Shirley Lin, and we're bringing you 50 minutes of English language features in just a moment. Now, if you're joining us uh, live or, you know, on Facebook, uh, it would be November 19th. But if you're joining us on radio or the web, then it would be November 22nd, Monday. All right. So up ahead in today's program, we have um, Jukebox Republic. But first up, we're going to begin with Here in Taiwan. Hello there. Today is November 19th, and you're listening to here in Taiwan on Radio Taiwan International. I'm Shirley Lin, and I'm joined now in the studio by Tomasz Kopel. Yes. <laughs> yeah, oh, you were waiting hello. for me to say something. Oh, yes, very good. <laughs> now, today we're going to be looking at some really, I think, exciting stories, uh, two from Tomasz, I'm, I, and, you know, I can't wait to hear. One is about hackers getting into the school systems, mm-hmm. like um, these uh, Bushiban or cram schools. And okay. they're stealing data for a different reason than you're thinking. Oh, okay. And the other thing is um, that there's a study saying that maybe we can send viruses to space. Or someone is already doing that. All right. Okay, okay, okay. And I've got a story about uh, how a real old classic film, Taiwanese film, has just been named Greatest Asian Film by the Busan International Film Festival. And I've got some things to tell about that, uh, in particular about one uh, um, late Taiwanese film director. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we get to those stories in just a moment. Hang around. Stay tuned. All right, let's uh, get to this one about the virus, you know, right. sending them to space. Wouldn't that be a great thing? Uh, wouldn't that be a great thing if we could just round them all up, wrangle up all the viruses and shoot them into space? Yeah. But, um, that is sadly not what is happening. Oh, uh, but a team really? of researchers in Taiwan uh-huh. is sending viruses to space. We don't know exactly which viruses, but they mm, did state on their website that um, the, the research is focused on viruses such as or like in a similar category as COVID-19. COVID? Oh, oh okay. Uh, we don't know if it's COVID actually. Uh, probably not because this has been in the works for some time, I assume. Um, but uh, what the research team is doing is they are uh, working with a Japanese uh, space agency. And through the Japanese space agency, they will be uh, sending samples of deactivated viruses. So viruses that uh, from which the the pathogenic element has been removed. Uh-huh. And um, they s- are sending those to space on um, an American rocket, probably. Okay. Um, they w- didn't um, divulge any details, uh, unfortunately. So we don't know when or uh, how it's getting into space. But we know what they're going to be researching. They will be researching the patterns of crystallization in viruses. So they're going to put viruses in zero G and expose them to minus 196 degrees Celsius. And that Uh, can only happen in space? 
I mean, we I could, we could cold deep there, freeze but... them here, but not in zero gravity. Zero gravity will help kind of keep the, the atomic structure of the viruses intact mm -hmm. so that when they come back to Earth, researchers can take a look and see the atoms and how everything in the virus is arranged. Why are you talking like an expert? You're, you're talking from memory. You're not reading oh, anything. Uh, you're, because you're I, like, I read the article in the yeah, morning. Yeah, but still. <laughs> just this morning. But, <laughs> with but morning still, coffee. I mean, you know, the way it's like you, you really, are you really interested in this kind of thing? I, I do have a, a strong interest in science. You I, have a I strong interest in a lot of things, read a lot okay? of science stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have an interest in music. You're a musician yourself. Um, <laughs> oh, into barely. technology. And you wanted to, you know, uh, host a, a show about technology, except that Sash is already, doing, already doing that with uh, the Stash download. Stash is really shaping up to be my arch nemesis here at the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone needs an arch nemesis. I know. And then, and then what else? Um, you said something else that, I mean, you said, okay, well, if I can't do a technology, you can do something else because you oh, always have something. Digital art, yeah. Digital art. But I think it's all one thing. Honestly, it's just what, knowledge. What, uh, what do you I mean, mean? I mean, science and music. Okay. It's all it's all kind of in the same category. Music this is, is getting to be a very interesting discussion. Music, music is um, harmonics plus... Uh, uh, um, what's the other word I'm looking for? <laughs> See, not that smart. Um, acoustics. Okay. It is uh, sort of, you know, physics and psychology, how people perceive music, how it sounds to a human ear. Um, this is all pretty scientific. And I don't, I don't like to sort of divide fields into like self-contained units. Like, oh, this is physics. This is chemistry. This is biology. It's, you it's think all, they're all it's interrelated? All yeah, it's all the world. I'm curious about the world, mm. so I do read and watch stuff that talks about the world. Well, it's be very easy to find a topic to do your show on um. when when you eventually <laughs> do get to it, because Let's I'm hope. sure you know there's always something for you to do. Um, probably even more than one show. Come to think of it, <laughs> I mean, you've got so many interests, and you seem to know a lot of things, and you are you have a curious mind too. Uh, yeah, so right? do you, so do you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah well, everyone's mean, curious. We're just know, curious about different yeah, things. Yeah, I like, yeah, I, you know, I I know, wait, who have been on the show like, here in town with me? I, I feel like I've said this before. Um, You know, when I go, when, when my kids were younger, mm -hmm. and, you know, you know, to bring them to the library if they're, you know, to find things for them to do, I'll settle them down in the library, then what do I do? You know, what I usually look for is um, maybe magazines, like uh -huh. fashion magazines. But if they don't have that, I look for encyclopedias. Oh, I love really? reading at encyclopedias. Okay. And because you don't learn these things in encyclopedias in school. So that's what I, you know, I like to flip through encyclopedias, learn these things that you don't learn in school. I can totally relate to that, yeah. uh, except I do it with Wikipedia. Oh, okay, yeah. right. Of course, we can do that too. Right. right. Yeah, I've been using Wikipedia. Well, yes, Wikipedia we is also hyperlinked uh, all throughout, so you can click on the thing that you find interesting in the article you're reading, and then you open up a new article, which right. sadly often results in me falling into a Wikipedia hole. Whole day yeah, long. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, well, I can... Yeah, for like hours. Good, yeah. I start reading about one thing, and it's like, ooh, Prussian unification, and then, ooh, Otto von Bismarck. Uh, that was yesterday, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but Wikipedia was actually put together by the public. Yes, it's a and it's so crowd fun or yeah, crowd powered encyclopedia. Like you, you, you can't like trust it one hundred percent. Well, actually, according to uh, research, uh, Wikipedia is more accurate than Encyclopedia Britannica. 
What? Contains what? fewer mistakes. Okay. Just because, yes. Uh, Time-wise, right? Everyone can contribute to Wikipedia and write articles, but they are also then sort of exposed to criticism. And if mistakes are found and there are sources that sort of disprove some of the claims, the articles get changed. Get, get corrected. Whereas oh, you don't sense. have that process with printed encyclopedias. Once no. they're printed, they're done. Yeah, which is true. Wow. That's amazing. Um, that comes to think of it. No, wait, we're, we're veering way off yeah, of, from Taiwan. Really so that's, yeah, this is terrible when we two co-host the show <laughs> together, you know. But anyway, so coming back on about the viruses, you mm -hmm. know, sending them off to space. And okay, so um, because it's, there's zero gravity over there, so that's a good thing about it. Um, Technically and, microgravity. And, and, Before and, the nerds in the comments uh, right. crucify me, it's microgravity. So it's oh, not technically okay. zero gravity, yeah. Yeah. And also, I mean, bring it, well, I mean, in some ways you can say that, well, bringing this, it out to space, the virus is out to space, to freeze it mm -hmm. is like, it doesn't cost a thing, but of course it does because it, it costs the, <laughs> the space shuttle <laughs> sending <it> out there. <laughs> sending payload to space is fantastically expensive. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Uh, prices per kilogram have fallen because of... Uh, companies like SpaceX uh, that are developing more affordable launch systems, but it's still very mm, expensive. Mm. Well, hey, wait a minute. But this group, I mean, this research mm -hmm. team is from Taiwan? Yes. Um, Ooh, so that's uh, nice to know. So this is uh, something that I was meaning to mention, but then I got caught up in the science of right, it. I know. So the viruses have been cultivated by the National uh, Synchrontron Radiation Research Center. Okay. I am fascinated by the word uh, synchrontron <laughs> because it sounds like a giant robot from a Japanese anime. Right. Like synchrotron assemble. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. Um, so they how are long? sending it to Japan as well. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good. So there is a Japan Maybe there's a... Yeah, I know. I was just going to say. <laughs> Maybe that's know. how it's getting into space through yeah. on a giant robot. Okay. Okay. Um. I mean, you know, the thing is that I think every country should always try to cooperate with another country, at least, mm -hmm. on any kind of study, any kind of research, any kind of thing, because it's always better. It's sort of like, you know, it's better to have two brains than one, you know, when it comes to solving problems or, you know, come with new things or whatever. Yeah. yeah um, so do we have any comments yes, before we, we move to the next story? Um, uh, Asir, uh, uh, Nasir Aziz is asking, RTI is going to send New Year gifts to its listeners? Question mark. New Year gifts. Are you talking about calendars? Um, Maybe 2022 calendar? Well, he, he follows up. Please send me the link, uh, the other links of live streaming of RTI apart from here in Taiwan. Um, in Here in Taiwan is the only show That's that, live streamed. that the English uh, service is uh, producing right. uh, live. Yeah. That is broadcast live. Uh, right. Everything else you sadly have to listen to on our website, which yeah. is en.rti.org.tw. Um, or mm, on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. Uh, we also have um, mm, more comments. Um, uh, let me just, because we, we had a quite a few, let me just pick some. Okay. Um, I, uh, Jen Lori says, I hope that they're not completely dangerous viruses. If something happens to the ship on the way up, it's going to spread that around. Or if it's tested on the ISS, that's a tight space. Uh, yes, that's why. And you yeah. have to put all those astronauts to death. So to, to sleep. <laughs> the 
from what I <laughs> understand, and, and again, this wasn't a very in-depth article that I read about it, um, but the virus, the, the um, genetic material that is the pathogen in the virus, uh, that is the, the, the thing that is harmful to uh, humans, to other organisms, that has been removed. So what I wow. gather is that they are testing just the protein shells in which uh, the, the genetic material is stored in a virus. Uh, which in itself is not dangerous. Dangerous. Yeah. Okay. Only you would know that, Tomas. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on. All right. Well, I've been waiting to get to my story here. Um, <laughs> we're talking about the Busan International Film Festival. Okay. Uh, Korea's uh, Busan. And um, basically a historical drama titled A City of Sadness, Beijing Chengshi. Uh -huh. It's a Big, I mean, a real classic. So uh, when you when you say historical, which period are we talking about? Uh, okay, yeah, I was just going to get to that. Oh, sorry. Um, it was uh, this. Uh, oh, this film was actually a 1989 award-winning film, which tells the story of a family caught up in the events of Times White Terror. Era. Okay. Okay, mm -hmm. and it climbed to number one this year on the international listing, uh, moving up from fifth place in the previous ranking. So I'm like thinking there must be like all these Asian films in in the listing mm -hmm. and then they kind of decide every i think it's uh it's a biannual so every two years they would kind of rank them again and finally this movie got to top place okay so very very interesting i don't know how that is done but two other Taiwanese films both directed by the late edward yang yang de chang mm -hmm. were also ranked among the top 10 films in asia in the most recent okay 100 uh, cinema uh, asia cinema 100 ranking so one is called a brighter summer day this is yeah. I, I've, seen that, I've seen that one, yeah. Wow, okay. That's a 1991 drama about mm -hmm. two youth gangs. And then uh, that was ranked third, while the 2000 romance, EE, a one mm -hmm. and a two. I, I've You've seen, seen that, that well. too. Good for you. I, I really do like Yang Dezhang. And um, oh. some time ago, my VOD provider had a, a whole category of Yang Dezhang movies. So oh. my wife and I watched a lot of them. Okay. Well, here's the thing I want to talk about. Um, I have an indirect... No, actually, I have, a, I have an indirect uh, acquaintance with um, his wife, oh. who's a pianist. I did not know that. Yeah, and actually it goes way back. Um, my husband had a crush on her. We <laughs> talked about this. It's quite all right. You know, I'm just going to, I hope this is not gossip because I'm just going to say what actually, you know, it, through our acquaintance mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, it's very interesting because she's, She's got long legs and she would always swim at school and mm -hmm. my husband just loves swimming. Mm -hmm. And so he was admire her and everything. But uh Wait, did they um, go to school together? I think yeah, I think they went to the same school. Okay. But they didn't really didn't really know each other. He just had like a secret crush on her. Right. And um then years later after we met and we got married and you know, um back then during my birthday, we would always find a place to dance mm -hmm. and have a dinner. And so we picked um zigzag a zigzagger. Zig Zig, what? Oh gosh, I already forgot. Okay, it's um, it's a sort of like a restaurant, pub, dance kind of place at the um, the what's that? Is it a Hilton Hotel? No, the one in Xinyi District. Oh gosh, there are so many Hyatt, hotels. Hyatt, Hyatt. Hyatt. Okay. Hyatt. Mm -hmm. Sorry, sorry. And while we were there, we saw this table in front of us, and there was Yang Dezhang, Edward Yang, mm -hmm. and his former wife, oh. who is Cai Qing, a very mm -hmm. famous um, Taiwanese singer. 
she just had a live concert and they were having a celebration. Okay. And there was uh, Kylie Pong, who's the pianist, and her first husband <laughs> at the same table, along with wow. some other people. And um, now it sounds her, like a very awkward dinner. It, it, well, okay. At the time, we were, thought that was very innocent kind of dinner and mm -hmm. everything. But um, then uh, we, 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 I forgot whether we met. We've actually, my husband and I had gotten together for dinner mm -hmm. with um, the, the pianist, Kylie, and uh, her first husband um, a while ago. Before that dinner or after, I don't quite remember. Mm -hmm. But um, her first husband was a doctor. And anyway, um, after that dinner, then not long after that, we heard in the news that she divorced mm -hmm. her first husband and that she was having an affair with Edward. Uh-huh. 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 And uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, now to the point where the, you know, the news was covering this and everything, she came knocking on our door one day. Mm -hmm. She was devastated by this whole, you know, publicity. Mm -hmm. um, the I, pianist. I can imagine. Yeah. Right. And so, um, you know, yeah, so we listened to her and everything. But yeah. And um, and then um, after that, I think there was a time when she and another um, a famous flutist, mm -hmm. a female flutist in Taiwan, we, we the three of us, we were we got together for like dinner or coffee at, at the top of 101. Uh -huh. Yeah. One of the restaurants or or bars or whatever. I don't know how that happened, but I felt honored to be in their company and, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, and then 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 I then later we heard that they got married, Edward and Kylie. And uh, hmm. Well, artists. What can you say? Um, they are kind of known for being volatile in their emotional lives. Oh yeah. But you know what? Um, Kylie, as a pianist, she wasn't really well known back then. Mm -hmm. But because of that negative news story, uh, you know how it, that's that's how it works with social media, doesn't yeah. it? You know, any exposure is good exposure. I guess. Yeah, right, right, exactly. So anyway, yeah, I wanted to share that. That was quite interesting. But um, yeah, that's an it's been a long too. time. I've you know been in touch with her, so I'm not sure. I, they they have one son together, mm -hmm. and I believe that she's probably uh, still residing in America, mm -hmm. in the United States. Yeah. Edward Young um, you sadly yeah. passed away yeah. uh, pretty young, um, which was uh, a, a big blow to Taiwanese cinematography because he was really, yes. he had a, a lot of years ahead of him and uh, I consider him to be one of the, the greatest directors in, in Taiwanese cinema. Wow. Um, his movies weren't very popular in Taiwan. They actually were more popular abroad, from what I know, <laughs> at uh, various uh, uh, film festivals around the world. Mm. In Taiwan, the problem was that the movies were, they're sad. Most of them are, are really kind of depressing. I know, they're look good. at this. They're A city really of sadness. <laughs> But they're long and they're kind of heart-wrenching. Mm. So not exactly a fan favorite. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised that you, you know, you know about Edward Young. Those are very good my, movies. I, so. I, I have to admit, uh, I know Edward Young because of my wife. Um, uh -huh. She noticed the category on our VOD uh, yeah. and, and told me that we absolutely have to watch a few of those movies. Good. Mm -hmm. That's great. Well, She has a very good taste in movies. Oh, yeah. That's, that's definitely true. All right. Well, let's move on to oh, um, the last. Oh, some maybe comments. Take a look at some comments. Yes, quickie. Um, how many countries have their own space station? Um, 
There's the International Space Station, there's the Chinese Space Station, and I don't think Russians maintain any independent space station of their own. So Again, I'm, you would know I this, Tomas. only okay. of these. Um, uh, does Taiwan have artif sorry, uh, artificial island for specific purposes, for example, tourism concerts, uh, hotels, bars, etc.? Artificial? Oh, yeah. No. Um, so I guess, I guess we're talking about something like in Dubai. Uh, mm -hmm. Where they built artificial islands mm. for uh, residential purposes? Mm. No, not as not as, as far as I know. No. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Let's keep going. Okay. Last but least, uh, we're talking about hackers getting into the school systems right. for reasons that we can't guess. Okay. I mean, well, <laughs> not mm, not the that reasons obvious. are unsurprising if you've been in Taiwan, but you might oh. be surprised if you uh, don't know how the education system here works and how it's supplemented by cram schools. Shirley, did your kids go to cram schools? They did. We wanted to keep them away from them, but, you know, they got these peer pressure when they got in school. Mm -hmm. Everybody else is in cram school and they're not, so they felt like they just got to get into a cram okay. school. Well, so cram schools are after school uh, extracurricular classes that kids take because they want to be better at school subjects. Mm -hmm. It's not even very, very often, or most of them don't even teach subjects that are not taught in schools. They're just teaching math, Chinese, English is very, very popular in craft yeah. schools. Right. Um, and that is true. Most kids are going to cram schools, at least in Taipei, um, which is kind of creating this atmosphere that if you don't go to a cram school, you're missing out. You're <laughs> somehow, if you're if you're not sending your child to cram school, you're mm, kind of lowering their chances of success yeah, in life. Sadly, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So a group of uh, criminals was hacking school computer databases and then selling that data to cram schools. Wow. Um, we don't know what the exact purpose was, but we can figure it out. It was probably for targeted advertising. Oh. Um, I am guessing that the schools were then mm, targeting parents of children who were underperforming in schools and offering them classes in whatever subject they were not do, doing well in. Oh, okay. Were you ever targeted for advertising by a cram school? Uh, not that I know of, no. Yeah, I'm, I am also not getting, you know, aggressively advertised to uh, by cram schools. I don't know if they are aware that I don't have children. Yeah. Uh, but there are so many in Taipei that I am not surprised that uh, they want to gain an advantage over competition. I, I know. It's so competitive. Very. Like, yeah. Very, very competitive. Uh, they're also pretty expensive. Now, they are. Which is a, a big burden on households uh, having to pay not only for other aspects of rearing a child, but also exorbitant amounts very often for private cram schools. Right. I mean, we've got a couple of streets that's like a whole, you know, row of cram yeah. schools. You <laughs> know, much, that's yeah. what they're, you know, yeah, it's Bushijie, um, the cram, you know, cram school street. It's it's incredible, but it's put so much pressure on the kids. And that's right. Yeah, you know, it's all all school and no play makes Taiwanese kids a dull kid. <laughs> um, yeah, that makes them unhappy. I think because uh, we have to so. remember that schools in Taiwan um, end pretty late in the day, and then kids instead of going home stay another three four hours at a cram school yeah they don't have any fun yeah. and then on the weekends you know the parents send them to piano lessons or to learn the flute or you know a sports game or whatever 
kids luckily just, with younger parents uh the people i talk to they're changing uh, they're changing yeah i'm so glad about they that. have gone through that so they want to give their children a bit more freedom which is which is great I mean, yeah great to see that good yeah that's that's a change well that's all the time we have for here in taiwan thank you so much for joining us thank you very much but do join us again on monday um we actually have them every day except thursday mm -hmm. so all right well join us on monday if you're joining us on facebook and then on tuesday because we're coming to you on monday if you're joining us through the radio all right well i'm shirley lynn i'm thomas copper see you then bye, bye. Hello there, you've just tuned in to Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin at Radio Taiwan International. I'm sure everybody finds peacocks beautiful and graceful, right? But if I tell you people are eating peacock meat, how does that make you feel? Sounds gross, right? I know I feel gross just thinking about it. It's like, how can anyone eat something so beautiful? But there's a major peacock problem in Jingmen, uh, which is one of the offshore islands of Taiwan, and it all happened because of a typhoon 17 years ago. Well, let's have a listen to this song. It really is called Peacock, Kong Chue, by Chu Ying. <laughs>
Well, the lyric is kind of interesting. It's saying that I'm a, a peacock, a lonely peacock, and I'm stuck in、um, a cage in a zoo, waiting for you to see me or something like that, and、um, just strutting around so that you you pay attention to me. I'm also um, um, a hurt peacock, waiting for you to protect me, so that you know, realize that I'm actually very special. Wow, what a love song, right? Okay, yeah, you're listening to Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin, and I'm talking about peacocks. We have a lot of them on Jinmen, which is an offshore island of Taiwan. Normally, we would think that peacocks only exist in zoos, right? Supposedly, that's not entirely true. Before the '90s, the military governed Jinmen, this offshore, this、uh, outlying island, because it's close to China. It was home to a small zoo. But then, in 1995, the Jinmen National Park was established, and then they gave the 14 peacocks to a research institute. Then there was a typhoon four years later, and the typhoon destroyed the whole place, the whole research place, and、uh, the 14 peacocks were left out in the wild. They 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 went lost.、Um, they just got everywhere and got out. For decades, these birds adapted really well on the island. And、the population today is estimated to be close to two thousand. That's crazy, right? How can they mu- multiply so fast from just fourteen? Well, they're able to multiply so well because they have no predators on the island, and the environment is just perfect for them to multiply. Okay,、um, and and there's no shortage of food. You know, they eat just about anything. They eat well. I mean, that's not true. They eat a whole range of things: berries, crops. Stem tubers, amphibians, and even small birds and eggs. They say if there is enough food and nobody was threatening them, the peacock population would just keep growing. And their comfortable habitats are the abandoned military camps. But the problem is these peacocks have damaged crops because they are voracious. You know, they have great appetites and they make loud noises with their piercing cries, which are really obnoxious, sounding like crying babies. You know, and they can go. You know, like. It would just travel like as far as two to three kilometers away, and they're known to affect flight safety. Well, Jinmen has its own airport, you know, and the birds have thrown the local ecosystem out of balance totally. The problem got so serious that the government was encouraging the public to catch these peacocks, and they get 600 NT. That's 22 US dollars per head for each bird that you catch. You know. So these birds are a real nuisance, and I've got just a song for that. Well, it's the opposite. It says "by kai fan na." It means to push away,、um, to push away trouble. By Zhang Qingfang.
Hi, I'm back. You're listening to Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin. Now, there's a guy on the Jinmen offshore island who was able to catch a hundred peacocks in one year. So we're talking about these peacocks that have ran rampant um, in on the island of Jinmen because of a typhoon, and 14 peacocks got lost. And um, they got into the wild, and then they multiplied and multiplied, and there's probably close to two thousand, one thousand to two thousand peacocks now on the island. Anyway, now, um, and like I was saying, the government was um, giving prizes, money prizes to people who actually catch the peacocks. Um, you get six hundred NT, that's twenty-two US dollars per head. And if this guy was catching a hundred peacocks in a year. Wow, she was he was making two thousand two hundred U.S. dollars. That's not bad, right? Well, his he and his wife actually do cook them and eat them, saying they're delicious. They they taste like chicken. So I guess he didn't make that much money from catching them and handling, you know, handing them over to the government. But you should have seen pictures of someone else preparing a peacock for this hot pot using ginger and sesame oil. Now, what's distinctly different from chicken is that peacocks got a much longer Uh, beak, and it just looks weird, you know, almost scary. But once it's chopped up and put in a soup, it just looks like any normal chicken soup or chicken hot pot. Still, I don't think I would try it. Just the thought of it makes me feel weird eating a peacock. The person in the story who made the dish said that she spent three thousand NT, that's a hundred and eight US dollars, for this one and only legal hunter on the island to get her two peacocks. She then cooked the dish without telling her friends,、uh, sorry, her family, what it was, and then afterwards told them what it was, and they all said, "Well, it tasted like duck." Yeah, that's what they said. It tastes like duck. Someone even managed to serve peacock at a French restaurant in Jinmen on the island, the French style, you know, made the French cuisine way.、Um, actually, I saw a picture of it. It was laid out beautifully on a plate, and you can't even tell. It looks like chicken. Anyway, here's a song called "Mexico Fine Dining Song" by Mu Ni Yo. Jolly, my. 
Now on Jinmen Island, the these uh, peafowls or uh, peacock or these birds, they're getting fat on sorghum distillery residue that farmers on the island feed to cows and chickens. So there's food, there's shelter, there are no enemies besides humans. So the birds are multiplying fast. The government tried to do something, but managing the population of this intelligent. They're intelligent, and skittish bird is easier said than done. Apparently, the Jimin farmers are crying because they would sow seeds, you know, in the spring,、um, just growing their crops. And when the sprouts grow out, they would all be eaten up by the birds. The government tried setting up traps, but to no success. Actually, during the mating season around spring, they start crowing in the morning, and sometimes even at like 3 a.m. in the morning, you know, waking up everybody. Well, because of the peacocks, I'm just not sure if I want to visit the island county. I mean, I've never been there, and there are great things about the place. But I'm like picturing the birds running rampant all over the streets, and I would be scared of them. I mean, they're scared of us, but still, I'd be scared of them. They're 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 kind of big to me.、Um, they seem pleasant and elegant and absolutely stunning when inside a cage at the zoo, right? But when they've been in the wild, they must be wild and obnoxious. A team of researchers from the from some university has been going there every month, but they've racked their brains to think of humane ways to capture the birds. And then people were actually starting to tell them to leave the birds alone. So there's this professor who says that if what we have is peafowl having an impact on the community, we might have to find a way to face this problem. We might have to find a way to manage them, like to eliminate them or to reduce their numbers, or we could even find a way to turn them into a resource. A conservationist says that they hope to be able to keep the population at a certain number so that they don't pose a threat to other animals. Well, a healthy population of peafowl could be an exciting tourist attraction for the outlying island, but more research is really needed before you can identify just how many birds are needed to achieve ecological balance. These comments are dated two years ago, so I wonder how they're doing now. And I'm talking about the researchers on the issue and the birds themselves. Well, that's it for Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin, and I will sign off with a song about peacock. Well, this is Princess Peacock by an Aboriginal tribe in Taiwan. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia, from 0300 to 0400 UTC, on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. 